Greetings again this morning in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thankfully, we can greet you in Jesus' name, and we trust that as we are together here this morning, we will again be challenged to grow in the likeness of Jesus Christ, our Master. I'd like to talk this morning about power to control power. Um, a week and a half ago, we had a leaders meeting in a church there in Mufferday, where we are. The road is maybe about as far as the road is out here from where we were. And there happened to be several young fellows who were trying to, I guess, pop wheelies with their motorcycles. And, of course, they had them revved up and they had the uh, uh, mufflers either off or else open or something because they made a lot of noise. And uh, they were they were trying to get as much power as they could out of their motorcycles. Okay, that's one group. Another group is at 10 o'clock, we're supposed to shut down volleyball. Uh, there are some young folks who also have motorcycles when it's time to shut down volleyball. Uh, the place where they play is right close to our house. So when it's time to shut down volleyball, you hear some of these, and away they go. And so uh, the power is there, too. They, they, want, they want to make noise, and they want to make a lot of, um, I guess, um, I'm not sure what they're saying altogether. Power. Now, when we're on a motorcycle, you don't maybe all have motorcycles here. I hope not. Um, but when you're on the motorcycle, and um, all you have to do is just turn that throttle a little bit and make it make noise, especially if you've got your muffler a little bit disconnected, uh, it's sometimes just kind of neat to really make that noise and make a racket and <clears throat> make it go. Now, if you happen to have a Honda 50 that's missing on every other stroke, you probably don't have, maybe you have the same temptation, but you can't do it because it just doesn't go. Uh, in the earlier years, we used to have pickups uh, there with carburetors, and there's a temptation when you have a pickup to maybe you're a little excited or maybe you just want to do something, you step on that thing, especially going around the corner receiving fishtail, or do something, something about the power, you want that power to be shown. Well, if you have a pickup, which we had some trouble with, on which the accelerator pump doesn't work, that puts you out of the race. On an accelerator pump, if your, if your accelerator pump doesn't work and you hit the gas pedal, it dies. So it, you just can't do it. So some of those cases you can't do. Um, maybe that's not, maybe that helps us understand what we're not doing with power. <laughs> um, you have to gently take off. You can't just step on it because it will die out. Now, today with, the, with uh, computerized vehicles, I don't think that same effect is in place. <clears throat> but that's what we're talking about this morning, about power to control power. Uh, ability to uh, not do what we could do. That's the idea. Because some things we could do, uh, some things we should not, we'd have power not to. Um, now, the girls, I don't think here, probably have difficulties with popping wheelies. But sometimes it's, uh, the girls' power is in attraction. 
um, attracting attention, uh, attracting looks. Um, <clears throat> there are magazines and books without number, I suppose, on explaining and, and encouraging and telling ladies how to make themselves more attractive because that's the power of the girl is attraction. That's her power. <clears throat> Sometimes girls have trouble with... Um, making loud, loud laughs and uh, kind of making attention, drawing attention to, to themselves. Or sometimes if your mom tells you you have to wear your sister's dress and you can't do a lot of makeovers, that may be a problem too sometimes. Uh, or if your mom says you have to wear your hair like your grandmother did, mm, we don't want to do that. Uh, different things like that that uh, are on the power side of the, on the, on the girl's side. <clears throat> now we'd like to talk a little bit this morning about the power to control that power. Power to help us to do what we should when we maybe have the opportunity to do something else. Uh, it might also include the um, financial power that we might have, the, the money that we have. We have enough money we could buy this $40,000, or maybe it's $80,000 car, now our truck, uh, we've, we've got the money. We could do it. Um, do we have the strength not to do what we could do? In other words, power to control power. <clears throat> I was thinking a little about Cain, the first man, according to what we have record of, that killed somebody else. I don't know if Cain knew I mean, it had never happened before, obviously. He should have understood. But did Cain really know that, it, that he could extinguish completely Abel's life? He used his power to get rid of Abel. I don't know how much he understood about that. Obviously, afterwards, he understood it very clearly. But he had power to do something that he shouldn't have done. He didn't have the power not to do it. So we'd like to talk about power to help us not to do what we should. Open your Bibles now to First um, Samuel 24. 1 Samuel 24 is a story of a man who had power and did not use the power that he had. This was David in his <clears throat> relation with Saul. 1 Samuel 24. <clears throat> we have it two times in this chapter. Um... No, pardon me. Well, we're going to look at it anyway. This is Saul running away from David, and Saul's in the cave in Keilah. And part, David's in the, in the cave in Keilah, and Saul comes in there, and his servants tell him, well, uh, here's your chance. Chapter 24, 1 Samuel 24, verse 1. And it came to pass when Saul was returned from following the Philistines, that it was told to him, saying, Behold, David is in the wilderness of En Gedi. Then Saul took 3,000 chosen men out of Israel and went to seek David and his men upon the rocks of the wild goats. And he came to the sheep coats, by the way, where there was a cave. And Saul went in to cover his feet, and David and his men remained in the sides of the cave. And the men of David said to him, Behold the day of which the Lord said unto thee, Behold, I will deliver thine enemy into thine hand, that thou mayest do to him, as it shall seem good unto thee. Then David arose and cut off the skirt of Saul's robe privately. And it came to pass afterward that David's heart smote him, because he had cut off Saul's skirt. And he said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing unto my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch forth mine hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. So David stayed his servants with these words and suffered them not to rise against Saul. 
But Saul rose up out of the cave and went his way. David also rose afterward, went out of the cave, and cried after Saul, saying, My lord, the king. And when Saul looked behind him, David stooped with his face to the earth and bowed himself. And David said to Saul, Wherefore hearest thou men's words, saying, Behold, David seeketh thy hurt? Behold, this day thine eyes have seen how the Lord had delivered thee into mine hand in the cave. And some bade me kill thee, but mine eyes spare thee. And I said, I will not put forth mine hand against my lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. Moreover, my father, see, yea, see the skirt of thy robe in my hand. For in that I cut off the skirt of thy robe and killed thee not. Know that know thou and see it, there is neither evil nor transgression in mine hand, and I have not sinned against thee, yet thou huntest my soul to take it. The Lord judge between me and thee, and the Lord avenge me of thee, but mine hand shall not be upon thee. As saith the proverb of the ancients, wickedness proceedeth from the wicked, but mine hand shall not be upon thee. Whom is the king of Israel come out? After whom dost thou pursue? After a dead dog, after a flea. The Lord therefore be a judge, and judge between me and thee, and see, and plead my cause, and deliver me out of thine hand. And it came to pass, when David had made an end of speaking these words unto Saul, that Saul said, Is this thy voice, my son David? And Saul lifted up his voice and wept. And he said to David, Thou art more righteous than I, for thou hast rewarded me good, whereas I have rewarded the evil. And thou hast showed this day how thou hast dealt well with me, forasmuch as when the Lord had delivered me into thine hand, thou killest me not. For if a man find his enemy, will he let him go well away? Wherefore, Lord, reward thee good for that thou hast done to me this day. <clears throat> I think we'll stop there. The story here of David having the opportunity, having the power to get vengeance on Saul for what Saul was doing wrongly against David. David has not really wronged Saul. Saul, of course, is upset at David, and he's jealous of David. And he'd like to get rid of David because he knows that David is going to be king after him, and he does not want David to be king. So he's after him, wants to get rid of him. <clears throat> David has the opportunity to get back at him. In our lives, hopefully not here at Bible school, but probably sometimes here at Bible school, someone does something against you, and you kind of have this little feeling inside that you know that, that wasn't very nice that they did to you, and so you maybe have a little anger inside, and you'd like to just... Give them what some people call a non-resistant blow. Just somehow get back at him and do something against him and, and make him pull in their feathers just a little bit. That's what we'd like to do. <clears throat> David had the opportunity here to get back. He had power to do it. And sometimes in our lives, we also have a chance that we could say just one or two little cutting words. <clears throat> Uh, and get that other person with, with just a, a, um, a little bit of an undercut in our remarks. We have the power to do that. God wants us to be able to control that power. He wants us to have power not to use the power that we have, not to do what we could do to get back at someone else, and not, to, not to use the power that we think we have. Power to control power. That's what God wants us to have, That, and that's what we have here. Because Saul told David, if a man finds his enemy, will, will he let him go well away? I mean, I was in your hand. You had the power to do me wrong. You had the power to hurt me. Saul realized that. That's what David told him. I, I could have done this, but I didn't. Power to control power. David is a, a good example of one who has and used the power that God gave him to control the power that he, shall we say, had. <laughs> Rather than Executing his own vengeance, he said, leave it in God's hand. Let God take care of it. That's power to control power. <clears throat> you have it again in Second Samuel 16. Let's just go over there in Second Samuel 16. It's again David 
and the same thing, uh, power to control power. This is Shimei. Shimei is of Saul's descent. David is now king. Absalom is after David, and David is fleeing from Absalom. And Shimei is running along the hillside over here. David's down here in the valley, Kidron Valley, I guess, running, walking away from Jerusalem. And over here is Ab- um, Shimei, over here on the hillside, throwing dust and stones down on David and the people that are going with him. And so, um, verse 9, Then said Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, unto the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over, I pray thee, and take off his head. Uh, just let's, let's get rid of him. Um, now let me go over there and kill him. What did David say? And the king said, What have I to do with you, ye sons of Zerai, which were his cousins, you and my cousins, I guess you might say. So let him curse, because the Lord has said unto him, Curse David. Who shall then say, Wherefore hast thou done so? And the story goes on there again with David. Restraining Abishai from going over and killing Shimei. Because, of course, uh, it, would, it would be very easy for David to say, okay, go ahead. Um, but David restrained his servants, not wanting to take vengeance, not wanting to get back. At, although he had the power to do it, he did not want to do um, personal vengeance. Uh, power to control power. Power to say, no, let it be. Let God take care of it. Uh, it's in God's hands. And that was, that's the power that we need also. Power to control this power that we might think we have. There are some powerful things on earth. Earthquakes. Earthquake is a very powerful thing. There's also dynamite, and there is atomic power. Very, very powerful things. Earthquakes, of course, are beyond our power to control. We can't control them. The, pro- the difficulty or the problem we might say with dynamite and with atomic power is to be able to, for- to funnel it or channel it in the right place. Uh, people have been able to use dynamite. Where we are, they drill holes and put dynamite in the, in the rocks and blow up a, uh, a rock bed there so they can use it for graveling roads, uh, whatever, or maybe for getting, road- getting stuff out of the way so they can make a road. Uh, dynamite can be used well. But when they dynamite, they usually, Mr. Craig Boyer has a house close to the quarry, and when they're going to blast in the quarry, they tell him, I'm not sure if he has to get out of his house, maybe he has to leave his house, at least be careful. Uh, Don't be outside, because we don't know where all the rocks are going to get to. (laughs) When we blast here, we don't know where it's all going to go. And so when they, when they do a blast, they actually, I think they have a, st- a place on the road, they stop traffic because they're going to do a blast and they're not sure where all the pieces are going to go. Um, generally, nothing bad happens once in a while. I think Craig did have a piece of rock land on his roof, but hasn't been too bad. <clears throat> but it's hard to control that power. And that's, that's power. That's dynamite. That's power. It's hard to control that. Same thing is true with atomic power. Of course, you know the atomic bombs and their power and so they're now trying to, they try to generate electricity with power. And with Chernobyl over in Russia, uh, the thing got away from them. And, and the, the whole thing caused a great atomic cloud or a cloud over the, the earth for a while, over that part of the earth there. And people were, maybe are still suffering from some of the effects of that atomic power. So there's power there, but it's power that's difficult to control. <clears throat> 
Well, God wants us to be able to control the power, the opportunities that he gives to us. Power to control power. God wants us to have that power so that we can get on our motorcycle and we can take off slowly. We can get in the pickup and we don't have to spin our tires. Uh, we can comb our hair and we don't have to do it the wrong way. And we can put on our dress in the morning without, or go to buy a dress without having to push the line or whatever it happens to be. We have the, we have the power from on high to do what we're supposed to do. Power to control the power. Power to control this power. <clears throat> David's power got away from him in Second Samuel 24. If you're still in Samuel, let's just turn over there and see where David's power kind of got away from him in this case. Um, David wanted to see how many soldiers he has in chapter 24 of Second Samuel. Um, again, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he moved David to, against them to say, Go, number Israel and Judah. For the king said to Joab, the captain of the host, which, is, which, is, which was with him, Go now throughout all the tribes of Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, and number ye the people, that I may know the number of the people. And Joab said to the king, Now the Lord thy God add unto the people how many soever they be in hundredfold. Eyes of my lord the king may see it, but why does my lord the king delight in this thing? Notwithstanding, the king's word prevailed against Joab and against the captains of the host, and Joab and the captains of the host went out from the presence of the king to number the people of Israel. Verse 10 says, David realized his error. David's heart smote him after he had numbered the people. And David said unto the Lord, I have sinned greatly in that I have done. Now I beseech thee, O Lord, take away the iniquity of thy servant, for I have done very foolishly. So David realized, David was realized that he had used his power wrongly. He had the power to tell Joab, do this. And Joab said, no, I don't want to. And Joab said, David said, do it. David's the king. And so Joab went. He didn't quite do it all, but at least he did most of it. He went out and numbered the people. And he brought it back to the number to the, to the king. Afterwards, of course, David realized that he, he should not have done this. He should not have used the power that he had this power. He should not have used it. And the rest of the story goes on with the angel with his sword outstretched over Jerusalem and David sees this and David goes to Arana who has this place out there where the angel was and offers a sacrifice there in verse 25 David built there an altar unto the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings so it was entreated for the land and the plague was stayed from Israel so again we have power being used wrongly in this case king used his power to do something that he should not have done not have the, in this case, the power to control the power. <clears throat> Let's turn now to the New Testament. Um, Titus 2. Titus 2. The power that God gives to us to control power. Titus chapter 2 and verse... 11 says this for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust we should live soberly righteously and godly in this present world uh, somewhere I read a, a, a translation of this verse which says teaching us to say no to the fleshly lust teaching us to say no there are lusts, there are feelings, there are some good desires that they can get out of hand and be too far. Today we're in a fast. There's nothing wrong with eating. 
But someplace we're going to look here at a verse where it says that um, actually we don't have to eat. We have the power not to eat. We can have that power from on top, from above, to say no. And of course, to, in this case, saying no to ungodliness, um, what did he say, worldly lust, living soberly, righteously in God in this present world. God has his grace, his goodness, his gift to us is this power to restrain the power or opportunity that we have. That's what God has for us. <clears throat> Matthew 26, Jesus. Matthew 26. This caught my attention, I guess, in relation to this. In Matthew 26, in verse 51, Behold, they were in the garden here. The soldiers are coming to get Jesus. They have found him in the garden out there, by, and they're being led by Judas to come out and catch Jesus. In verse 51, Behold, one of them which were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck a servant of the high priest and smote off his ear. Then saith Jesus unto him, Put up thy sword again to his place, for all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Thinkest thou not? Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? Peter saw what was happening. Peter said, I've got a sword. In fact, Jesus earlier asked him, do you have any swords? And they said, yeah, we've got two here. Jesus said, okay, that's enough. Peter had his sword, and he saw what was going to happen. And so Peter's going to defend Jesus. He pulls out his sword, whack, and I suppose the man must have probably bent his head a little bit and just shaved off his ear, and Jesus healed it. In another place, I don't think it says it here. The soldiers, when they came to Jesus, Jesus asked them, who are you looking for? According to this is in John 18. John 18 and verse 6, they came to Jesus and, and he asked them, who are you looking for? And he said, Jesus. And they fell on the ground. They fell on the ground. There's something about Jesus and his power that they just fell on the ground. And here Jesus told Peter, don't you think that I could? I have power. I could call for 12 legions of angels. Jesus had the power to control that power. He could have called for 12 legions of angels, but he didn't. He prayed three times, almost seems like an hour each time. We don't know for sure how long, but he prayed there and sweat drops of blood. And he prayed, oh God, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. And he pled, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go ahead. After he rose from prayer in verse 46, that I don't want to do this, is gone. No more does he say, no, 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 no. From this point on, Jesus tells the others what to do. You notice he even told Pilate what you have to do, do. He told him, you wouldn't even have any power to do anything against me if it weren't given you from above. And Pilate tried to release Jesus, but he couldn't. It says, Jesus is in control. Jesus now orders the steps. For his own death on the cross. He's in control. He's yielded himself to God. That power comes from above. But in this case, he did not use the power that he would have had. He would have had the power to do something that he didn't do. He had, he had the power to control the power. It, it amazes me. I don't quite understand it, how, how it works, how this can happen. That God could be in a, in, a, in a body like this with all the power 
Um, who's taking care of the stars while Jesus is down here? Who's taking care of the moon and the sun making it all run when he's, when he's down here? But somehow, he's in control of everything, and yet he's walking around like a man, and people don't quite, it seems like a lot of the people, never accepted that he really was God. Obviously, they didn't. <clears throat> it's difficult, of course, for them to believe. But at the same time, there's a verse in, I, forget, I don't think I wrote that one down, where it says he could not be hid. He could not be hid. It was impossible to hide everything that, that heaven was here. It was impossible to really hide that. But he walked around as a man. He was here as a man, and he lived as a man, had this power to control the power that makes everything happen. Uh, now that's beyond my imagination. I can't figure that one out today. I don't quite know how that is. Uh, 1 Corinthians 9, let's just quickly look at 1 Corinthians 9 because we're on a fast day here. 1 Corinthians 9 and verses 3 to 6. <clears throat> I want to look at a couple of things here about power yet. Um, this is Paul now, and you might think this is a little um, out of the context, but notice what he says here in verse 3. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 3. Might answer them answer to them that do examine me is this, have we not power to eat and to drink? Paul says, don't we have the power to eat and drink? We don't always eat and drink, but don't we have the power to? Verse 5, have we not power to lead about a sister, a wife? Boys, do you have power not to take a wife? Do you have power not to lead about a sister? Paul is saying here, we have the power, but we've got a power that helps us not to do what we have the power to do. Paul was leading a solitary life. He said, we would have the opportunity, we would have the power to do this, but we, we're subjecting that power to a higher power. Power to do more than power. Power to control power is what we're saying here. In verse 6, he says, or I only and Barnabas say, we not power to forbear working. We've got power. We've got, we wouldn't have to work. We could live off of you. We have power, but we're not using the power that we have. We have the power to control the power that we have. <clears throat> Jesus' disciples had a little trouble understanding that too. In Luke 9, 52 to 56, we have the story there of Jesus wanting to go into one of the villages of the Samaritans, and the Samaritans refused him entrance there. And so what did his disciples, I forget, I think it was John, and I'm not sure which one it was, said to him, shall we call down fire from heaven and destroy these people because they don't want to listen to you? And Jesus said, you don't know what spirit that is. They thought they were helping Jesus. They were out to help Jesus. They wanted to, they, because Jesus had asked for permission in his village, and he was not getting permission to go in there. And so they're going to help Jesus. They're going to stand by him. And Jesus said, you don't know what spirit that is. I didn't come to destroy. I didn't come to destroy people. I came to save people. <clears throat> Power to control power. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians. No, pardon me, Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1 and verse 19 talks about a power. I understand that the man who got the Nobel Peace Prize for, I think it was Nobel Peace Prize, for discovering dynamite, at least some kind of a prize for dynamite, he took his word dynamite from a Greek word dunamis. 
um, which that, that's where he got his, his word dynamite. This word dynamite or dunamis, this Greek word, is used in Ephesians chapter 1 and verses uh, 19 and 21. The word dynamite is used. And notice what it says about the power, this power to control power, this dynamite power in Ephesians 1 and verse 19. Well, I have to start... Um, that's a whole long sentence, starting in verse 15. I also heard of your faith. Cease not to give thanks and making mention of you in prayer, that you would know, it says in verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, the riches of his glory of his inheritance, and what is the exceeding greatness of his dynamite to usward. That word there, that word power, is from the root dynamite. Paul desires that we know the dynamite power that God has for us. That word dynamite there. <clears throat> dynamite power force, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Now that's not dynamite in the end of verse 19. It's in the middle. Working of his mighty power is the energy of God, but the, the dynamite power is in the middle. His power to usward. The dynamite power to you. God wants you to experience the dynamite power in your life. The power to help you to overcome. <laughs> that dynamite power. And then in verse 21, far above, we exalted Christ, far above all principality and power, again dynamite, and might, and dominion, every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Principality is a Greek word, uh, I wrote down here, archie, I think it is, the beginning and power that he uses there is the freedom. It's more like the freedom, the privileges, that power. He raised Jesus above all beginnings, above all freedoms, all permissions, and, and above all dynamite power. Uh, he raised Jesus exalted above all that. He has given to us that dynamite power. He has raised Jesus beyond that, beyond that power which he has given to Jesus to help in the church. John 17, in conclusion, John 17 and verse 2, Jesus, in his prayer, <clears throat> it talks about it here, John 17 and verse 2, Father, the hour is come, glorify thy Son, that the Son also may glorify thee, in the end of verse 1, and in verse 2, as thou hast given him power, I don't think this is dynamite, but as thou hast given him power over all flesh. Jesus is praying to God, the Father, you have given me power over all flesh. That includes your flesh. That includes my flesh. Jesus has power over all flesh. If we yield ourselves to him, he's got power over all flesh. And that gives eternal life. And this is life eternal, that they may know thee. Knowing the Father, knowing Jesus, and experiencing his power in our lives, allowing him to help us so that we have the power to control power. Let's buy us for prayer. Our Father, again this morning, we thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his unlimited power and ability and strength and goodness and greatness to us. And just this day again, we ask for your power to control power in our lives. Ask that you will guide us this day. Help us to allow you to direct and to uh, be willing ourselves to humble ourselves, bring ourselves unto you, before you, and allow you to direct us. Keep us according to your will. Help us to have the power to control the power and to 
honor you with our lives, surrendering our wills to yours. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.